my, my name's Nate Ball. This is my, my wife, Michelle. Um, we will have been married for 14 years, actually 15 years this October. We got to update this, y'all. Um, and we have, we have two kids. So Graham is nine for two more days. He turns 10 on Friday. And then that's our daughter, Grace. Uh, she is six. So um, I was raised in a Christian environment. I was baptized at the age of seven. But I would say that for most of my life, I never truly understood what it meant to follow Christ. My parents divorced when I was five, and that event planted seeds of, of loneliness, abandonment, low self-esteem. Um, even at that young age, I, I recognized just simply that my family was broken. Uh, I was afraid that it would never be made whole, and I felt like it was somehow partially my fault. Um, all of that made me feel uh, that I was different from other kids, and I didn't really fit in. Uh, my mom remarried when I was 11, and those feelings kind of changed or manifested really towards like anger and bitterness against my stepfather, uh, because that was kind of when I realized that was the end for mom and dad, like they weren't getting back together. Um, and then as a result of that marriage uh, and my stepfather changing jobs, we, we moved around a lot when I was a kid. So in middle school and high school, um, I was already shy and reserved and the frequent moves that actually just led to more isolation and loneliness growing up. Um, that isolation sparked uh, and then intensified uh, an addiction to pornography, which I was exposed to at a young age. And that was a habit that continued to grow really in high school and college and, and even well into uh, our marriage. Um, despite all of that, um, People considered me a, like, a good kid, uh, and I worked really, really hard to project and to maintain that image and really to seek other people's approval. Um, in a twisted way, I, I kind of craved that approval to offset how guilty and shameful I felt about what I was doing. So I made good grades. Uh, I never got into trouble. I was active at my parents' church growing up. It was a facade for the most part. Um, and I kind of wrongly thought that it worked out okay for me at the time. Um, even still, that church activity, a family connection as well, led me to a discipleship training opportunity as a senior in high school, and it was on that trip that I met Michelle. Like Nate, I too grew up in a Christian home, and I accepted who Christ was at a young age without truly knowing what it meant to have a relationship with him um, and to give him control of my life. Church was a big part of my childhood, and our small church body was a lot like an extended family. My parents were very loving and encouraging, frequently praising my achievements, sometimes saying that I was like Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. My perception that they had high expectations for school performance and behavior in part led to struggles with people-pleasing and pride. As a teenager, I thought I was humble and well-behaved compared to my peers, but truly I just enjoyed the praise that I received during involvement with sports, the arts, and youth leadership. These activities through school and church made me appear like a good Christian girl, but everything was for my glory, not God's. I sought the spotlight and I craved validation from others, especially boys. When I was 17, I went on a three-week-long discipleship training in Europe where I met Nate, and I think we have a picture for that, too. So that's baby, baby balls. <laughs> My last name was Dodge, by the way, which is a fun fact. 
<laughs> um, at the time, I already had a boyfriend, but Nate and I remained friends into college. I continued to date around, but eventually I realized that Nate was the one I didn't want to live without. So we started dating. Our colleges were about eight hours away from each other, and our long-distance relationship was not a healthy one. When we were together, we would push physical boundaries, and while apart, we communicated frequently, but very poorly. Um, I wanted an engagement sooner rather than later, since my ideal was to be married at age 21, but Nate showed no signs of making that commitment soon. Um, at the time, I didn't realize it, but when things don't go my way, I have a tendency to sabotage and pursue the next thing rather than being patient and waiting on the Lord's plan. Our unhealthy relationship and my unmet expectations, coupled with really a non-existent walk with the Lord, led me to seek fulfillment through partying and eventually a physical relationship with another man. These poor choices quickly left me feeling guilty and undeserving of Nate, um, so I decided to confess to him. I was certain that he wouldn't want to be with me anymore, and then I could move past my guilt. Life was falling apart as I lived in the flesh rather than following the Lord. And so uh, when I found out, I was devastated. I, I had no active faith. I didn't have really a relationship with the Lord. I'd let my relationship with Michelle become the thing that defined me. So simply put, she had become my idol. Uh, the potential end of that relationship, it just stirred up old feelings of anger, bitterness, abandonment, um, all that I'd been like trying to avoid since I was a kid and my parents had divorced. So here was another person in my life who said they loved me, and now they wanted to leave. So uh, additionally, that, that low self-esteem, it, it caused me to feel physically inadequate, that she didn't find me attractive. And above all, I just felt lost and without direction because I was only relying on that relationship to provide direction for me. Um, but in those moments, though, um, I did remember, because I'd spent a lot of time in church, right, um, that when you feel lost, you should pray. So I did. I prayed for the first time in years. I even opened up my Bible, and I skimmed through it uh, with some Google searches, right, uh, and, uh, and remembered and found that God, you know, commands us to forgive one another. I, I didn't know how. I, I didn't really even want to, um, but that's what the Bible said I should do. So clumsily, begrudgingly, I, I said the words, I, I forgive you. Um, after that, I stopped praying, put the Bible back in the closet, and we didn't, but we didn't address, like, any of the hurt that I felt. We just moved on. I ignored it because I thought that's what men did, and I wrongly assumed that time would heal the wounds, um, that I would, that I'd forgiven, I would eventually forget. And so uh, we moved on. We continued to date. Mission accomplished, right? That's how we're supposed to do it. Um, within six months, we got engaged. We got married in, the, in October of 2007. I had just begun grad school at that point, and so uh, with the relationship box kind of satisfactorily checked off of my list, academic achievement quickly replaced Michelle as my primary idol. I spent our first summer uh, when we were married away in another country doing research, and then once I got back, uh, I used school as an excuse to avoid quality time with my wife and involvement in the church that she attended, but I didn't. Uh, it's fair to say I had no concept of, of how to be a loving husband or a spiritual leader. Um, and then when I finished school, we, we came, we moved here to Dallas, and so I just shifted focus onto my next idol, which was the new career. As Nate touched on, our early marriage was largely separate. We may have lived under the same roof and shared meals, but we did not have spiritual or 
um, emotional intimacy. My patterns of pride and seeking attention from others continued as I became involved with the local church as well as starting a new job. Even though Nate had stayed with me after my confession, I had not sought um, transformation in the Lord uh, to break old patterns. The story was the same as where I grew up. At church, my ego was stoked by people complimenting my singing and asking me to help with youth drama. At work, I proved to be dependable and flexible, and any praise received still made me feel like I was somehow better than others. When Nate's career brought us to Dallas, I felt validated and important when my employer asked me to transfer to their Dallas office. Um, we both had work to fill our time here, um, but because of our upbringing, we still felt compelled to join a local church, even though our walks with the Lord weren't active at the time. Eventually, we were drawn to Watermark and quickly got involved in community um, where we continued to go through the motions while hiding our sin patterns. Nate and I disagreed about when to start having children, which, of course, didn't fit with my four-year plan. Um, I had always wanted to have our first child within three to four years of marriage. Knowing my expectations regarding our first child would be unmet made me feel pow powerless and like Nate didn't care about my desires. Since I was emotionally vulnerable and uh, wasn't seeking the Lord's guidance, my tendency to flirt and seek attention led to an emotional affair with a coworker. Um, like the last time, I eventually felt guilt and shame, but there was something new um, a deep hunger for change. I didn't want to be that person anymore. I finally ended the work affair. Tired of repeating the same cycles and wanting to be free from it, I cried out to God and begged forgiveness. Over the next couple of years, I pursued the Lord with a whole heart, and this time I was not simply checking off a, a to-do box on my list. Um, through community and scripture memory and focused Bible study, um, I came to know God's character and his desire to have an intimate relationship with me. I began to find my worth in how he loves me, not in how others make me feel. Whereas I used to live in fear of my recurring sins, I now knew in my heart that I was a new creature, as 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells me. The old me had passed, and the new me, which is Christ in me, had come. I was not that person anymore. The Lord even prompted me to give up alcohol completely in 2014 because I noticed how much my mind wandered to things of the flesh when under alcohol's influence. He started removing stumbling blocks from my behavior and gave me new desires to honor him. He taught me how to be a loving servant wife without expecting validation in return. During this process where the Lord was drawing me closer, Nate gave in on starting a family. We had Graham in 2012, at which point I quit my job to stay home with him. One day when I was in the Word and read Matthew 5, 23 through 24, it said, If therefore you are presenting your offering at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and present your offering." The Spirit showed me through that scripture that my intimacy with the Lord could not continue to grow unless I was reconciled to my husband. Nate didn't even know about my indiscretions with the coworker two years before that, but I knew that I needed to confess. It terrified me because of my history. Without giving details, I begged my community group girls for prayer that this confession to Nate would be healing. That evening, I laid my shame out for Nate, um, just praying that he could forgive me again. And so for my part, when I found out, I was devastated. 
again, like same thing, right? I hadn't addressed anger, bitterness, fear of abandonment, unhealthy body image the first time that this happened. So like all of that was, boom, it was just right back there again. It turns out, uh, forgive and forget, it's not true. Um, and so like before, I was just blindsided but this news. But looking back now, I realized that the unfaithfulness, it, it kind of ran both ways. It just looked different on my end. I'd landed a great job out of school. My full attention was on working hard to impress my coworkers, my bosses. My marriage took a back seat to my job and my quote faith was just like coming to church on Sundays and trying to figure out ways to avoid the community group that we had to join to become members. Um, the frequent, the job, like I, I traveled a lot to some pretty remote places, which I really liked because it meant I could unplug from the world, my marriage, um, and forget about being a husband for a few days. Uh, the increasing travel led to an increase in my consumption of pornography. At the time, it seemed like a harmless way to pass time in a hotel room. And I believed the lie that what I was doing, it wasn't hurting Michelle or my marriage. I was so caught up in myself in pursuing me, whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted it, I was blind to the way the Lord was changing Michelle's heart at the same time. I watched her read her Bible, journal, pray, but I was so focused on myself, it didn't even register to me that like the faith that I claimed to have uh, should have been drawing me to do those same things. When Michelle, when Michelle explained to me the why behind she was confessing, because her relationship with God couldn't grow unless she did so, I could see that something had changed. Um, I also knew that unless I got serious about our marriage, that the anger and the bitterness, the stuff I couldn't shake in my own strength, it would ruin the little bit of relationship that we had left. At, at Michelle's suggestion, and, and with a, a just a a really graceful community group in tow, we ended up here at Reengage a, a few months later. Um, it took time, lots of time, but, but over months, the Lord graciously revealed some really hard truths to me. Uh, first and foremost, the biggest problem in my marriage wasn't Michelle seeking attention from other men, but it was my own pride and selfishness. The feelings of abandonment, anger, bitterness, those existed because I, I put faith in things other than the Lord. My addiction to pornography, it was really just a futile attempt to find pleasure and satisfaction apart from God. Additionally, the only way to fix this problem is with God's help. And to do that would require a much deeper relationship with him that I had at the time. So I began investing time. I spent time in his word. I, I learned what forgiveness looked like and how the anger and bitterness that I held on to were signs that even though, I, like I said, I had forgiven her, right? I'd said the words. I really hadn't actually done that. Um, after Graham was born, for, for the, the couple years that followed, I'd really been adamant with Michelle that I didn't want a second child. As I learned about how God had forgiven me, I realized what I was actually doing was I was holding that, that second child, extending our family, I was holding it over my wife's head as punishment for the way she hurt me. It was a weapon. It was the only one that I felt that I had, and I was using it frequently. Um, and, and I knew in that moment that not only did I need to really forgive her, I also had to confess all of this to her as well. And I had to ask for forgiveness because it was hurting her, it was hurting us. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32 commands us to let all bitterness and wrath, anger and clamor and slander to be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. 
When the Lord convicted me that I needed to confess to Nate, I had no expectations that he would in turn be convicted of any wrongdoing. I knew that I was the one who had messed up. However, he immediately said he knew that he had not been the leader I needed and he hadn't loved me well. It wasn't an excuse for my behavior at all, but he was owning at least some of his part even before we set foot and re-engage. He took the first step toward healing by encouraging me that we should bring our community group in on the details of our struggle. Fear had always held us back from sharing 100%, but when we told our group, they loved us unconditionally as Christ does. It was with their support that we decided to walk through re-engage, and once we started the process of truly drawing the circle around ourselves, um, the Lord continued to reveal our tendencies to be selfish and prideful. We also were terrible at communicating. Uh, both of us had unvoiced and therefore unmet expectations, which in part fed our sin struggles. We were not serving each other as Christ would have us do, so we were running to other outlets to be served. Seeing Nate pursue the Lord was a desire I didn't even know I had until he started engaging in the material and actually initiating conversation every week. The discussion we had about forgiveness was difficult. Um, it broke my heart when he said he didn't want a second child, but through that discussion, I realized that I needed uh, to change my prayers. Rather than asking the Lord to change Nate's mind, I needed him to change my heart so that I found my satisfaction in him alone rather than in my own plans and timeline. It was a long process, but the Lord changed both of our hearts, and we ended up having our daughter Grace in 2015. The fact that we had her at all is proof that he softened hearts through the process of forgiveness and reconciliation. The fact that it was much later than I wanted was proof that the Lord's timing is perfect and he knows what is best for me. Nate and I still don't have it all figured out. We still have to be intentional to communicate clearly and lovingly with each other, especially regarding expectations. However, with the Lord's grace, we are learning to humbly confess to each other when we stumble. We're also both quick to ask for and extend forgiveness and pursue reconciliation. Um, being intentional to communicate expectations and disappointments does wonders to minimize conflict. Um, it gives us an opportunity to serve each other better. Since I tend to be prideful and selfish, uh, serving my husband doesn't come easily, but the Lord is teaching me to rely on his strength rather than my own. And so as, as for my part, uh, the Lord continues to teach me how to lead my wife in humility and how to trust in him for wisdom. One way he does it is by pushing us to serve together in marriage ministry, kind of like we're doing tonight. Um, it's intimidating, it's awkward, and it feels a, like a lot of work when I try and do this in my own pride and do it on my own terms. But when, when I yield to him, uh, I, I find it humbling and unifying, and it's a tremendous source of, of blessing for me and for us. I constantly need the reminders of God's grace, his forgiveness, and his love that comes through watching him work in the lives of y'all, the people in this room. And so um, if we could, just as we wrap up tonight, leave y'all with a bit of encouragement, uh, it would be from Psalm 34. So um, in the middle of the Psalm, verse 19, it reminds us that we will all experience hardship in this life. And so um, even in just the last couple of years, Michelle and I, we've walked through turmoil at work, bouts of COVID. We mourn the loss of parents and grandparents very recently, a really dear friend, just in the last couple years. And in low moments, um, this just feels like one long extended trial, right? Just blow after blow. 
Maybe y'all walked in tonight with something like that going on. Maybe many of you would even add your marriage to the very top of that list. Okay, but Psalm 34, 18 also promises us that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He saves the crushed in spirit. In verse four, David writes that I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all of my fears. And so after walking through almost 15 years together, Michelle and I can confidently say that no matter the source of brokenness, uh, brokenness, excuse me, that for us at times has looked like pride and infidelity, anger, bitterness. Now it just looks like grief. Um, but those words, they've proven true. And the only remedy for this is Jesus. For those that know him, uh, Psalm 34 verse 3 says, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. And for those that don't know him yet, verse 8 invites you to taste and see that the Lord is good. So we hope that the story he has written so far in our lives is encouraging. Um, and thank you for letting us share tonight.